joy, peace, tranquility, vibrancy, and wellness. Isn't this what you want instead of constant stress? That's what host Rochelle Lawson is going to help you with on Blissful Living. There are many ways to reduce stress, some you may not even know about. Doesn't a little peace and tranquility sound like just what you've been looking for? Relax for a few minutes with Rochelle. She's the queen of feeling fabulous. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blissful Living Hour. I am Rochelle Lawson, your host, and I am known as the queen of feeling fabulous. And today, we're going to explore the opportunity to see and recognize miracles that happen or may happen in our lives. And so what I want to ask you guys a question, I want to start this off with asking a question. Um, Do you believe in miracles and do you believe that they happen in your life? Not only once in a while, but every day. Do you see miracles happening in your life every day? And so with that question as an enticer to what the show is going to be about, we're going to explore this wonderful topic of miracles with our fabulous guest named Leah Carey, and she is the Chief Miracle Officer of the Miracle Journal. And what the Miracle Journal is, it's a popular blog where Leah writes about large and small miracles that happen in her everyday life. She is a life coach, a speaker, a journalist, a freelance writer, and of course, she's a lover of life because she's taken time to recognize the miracles that are occurring in her life. And in all of those pursuits, she works with people to identify what's exactly right in their life so that they can build and build upon that and even have a more joyful and fulfilling experience on a daily basis, which is all about blissful living, and it goes in so much with what we do and what we talk about on the show. So what I would like to do is welcome Leah Carey, the Chief Miracle Officer, to the show today. Welcome, Leah. How are you? Thank you, Rochelle. I am well, and I am so happy to be talking to the Queen of Fabulous. (laughs) You know what? I think we just go in synchronicity because I am so happy and very enchanted to be talking to the Chief Miracle Officer. So I love that. Love, love, love that. Thank you. And I know the, I, I know the audience is going to live that, love that too because they're going to be like, miracles, let me tune in. Let me, you know, let me, let me see what these gals are going to be talking about. So yeah. um, I just want to tell the audience to premise them. I haven't said this in a while, but you guys know me when I know that I'm going to be bringing or when the guest is not necessarily me, but when the guest is going to be having so much information for you, this is your opportunity to stop, grab that piece of paper, a pen or pencil to write with, sit back in a nice, comfy, cozy chair if you can, Mm -hmm. and sit back, relax with your favorite beverage, whether it's a cup of tea or a beautiful cup of um, uh coffee with Ganoderma, the wonderful herb Ganoderma, which I can tell you a little bit more about later, or just some warm water with a little lemon. You know, I'm all about holistic here. Um, But whatever that may be, or maybe nothing, you just want to completely tune in and, and listen to the information, I invite you to do that now. So, Leah, 
tell us about miracles and how would you define a miracle? Mm. Well, I started looking for miracles and writing about miracles a little over two years ago. And um, it's not something that I think people say to me a lot, um, you know, oh, you must be naturally optimistic or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> have you always been this way? And the, the very short answer is no. <laughs> um, I, I have not been someone who walked through life always seeing the positive looking like, you know, a little Pollyanna. Um, instead, <laughs> I... Um, you know, I have been through some pretty serious bouts of depression in my life. And what happened a couple of years ago is that all of a sudden, a bunch of things happened within eight days. <laughs> I, I had um, just one after another, these things that I couldn't ignore. And I started thinking, you know, I need to pay attention to these. I need to not just um, you know, say, oh, that was kind of cool, and then go on to the next thing and make dinner and forget about it. I need to really start paying attention. And right away, um, I, the first thing that happened was on January 1st of 2011, I looked at my calendar and realized that I had double booked myself for two speaking engagements. And I was horrified because I usually am really good at my calendar. And I love speaking. I didn't want to cancel either of them. But it was New Year's Day. What, you know, what was I going to do? Um, people weren't going to be answering their phones that day. So I thought, well, I, you know, I have to let it go, and I can deal with it later this week. And literally within two hours, I got an email from one of those two groups saying, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. We made a mistake when we booked you. Can we postpone your presentation until next month? And I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the most fantastic thing you could have said to me. <laughs> and I went on to Facebook, and, you know, I wrote a note to my friend saying, hey, guys, the first miracle of the year just happened. And I got all this feedback from people. And like I said, every day for eight days, something incredible like that happened. And... Because I am attuned to looking for patterns and looking for metaphors in my life, I thought I need to pay attention. And so when I'm talking about miracles, I'm not talking about like walking on water <laughs> or about spontaneously, um, you know, tumors that spontaneously disappear. Of course, those things would be miracles if, if they happened in my life. But I'm talking about something much more every day. I'm talking about the moments when things go right in our lives. I think that we are so used to looking at the things that go wrong and trying to figure out how to fix that. Right. That we often forget to look at what's already going right. And so that's where my focus is. And those are the things that I'm calling miracles because it putting that kind of label on it Putting that label on it that raises them to the next level forces me to pay attention to them and to give them as much weight as the difficult stuff. So basically you're saying, um, and I can I can relate to what you're saying, but I just want to just get deep into this for yeah. the 
So, you know how we all, th- when we think of miracles, we think of walking on water mm-hmm. or, you know, that whatever disease process that was, you know, deemed quote unquote terminal has been miraculously cured and you no longer yeah. have it. You know, we think of the real big grandiose things that, you know, I guess come from us from, you know, the biblical stories in the Bible, basically, because when they, sure. talk about miracles, they talk about really big, profound things happening. But what you're saying is that miracles happen every day, every moment in our lives, and we just have to be attuned to it and keep our eyes open because the little miracles are the things that expand upon in our life to have a, to help us to have, uh, to go forward and have an experience the beautiful life that we're meant to experience, correct? So it's Absolutely. The little things that we don't even perceive as miracles. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. we're looking at the big, big miracles that happen in our life. Exactly. We're looking for the big, grand, good things, but fixated on the tiny, little, bad things. Right. I'm saying, let's look at the tiny, little, good things, too. You know, I, I heard you just say that... Um, you know, the walking on water is the big profound thing that has happened. And I, I love that idea because what I'm talking about is let's pay attention to the little profound things that are happening. Right. Let's really give as much weight to those as we do to the guy in our office who really irritates us every day when he comes in and starts talking to us. Right. You know, like it's so easy to get derailed. Um, and I have a, a metaphor that I really like, which is, we scientists tell us that there are approximately 75 trillion cells in our bodies. That's trillion with a TR. Right. <laughs> and, um, and so what I say is that's 75 trillion little miracles because we don't have to think about which way our blood pumps. Right. Our body takes care of it for us. We don't have to pay attention and tell our liver how to detoxify it has an innate knowledge of how to do that. And in fact, if we got involved in that process, if we tried to tell it how to do it, we'd mess it up. Oh, totally. totally. <laughs> because most of us have absolutely no idea why or how, you know, any of that. So our bodies are these living miracles that are constantly doing these processes that we can't even imagine, let alone consciously participate in. So if there are 75 trillion little miracles going on in every moment of every day within the, you know, five and a half square feet of my body. Can you imagine what's happening in the room around me or in the house around me or in the office around me or in the grocery store around you or in the car around you? I mean, it's just when I when I look at it from that point of view, it becomes it's like it would be impossible for there to not be something going on in this moment. I like that. It, I mean, it, it really you really expand upon being open to looking and in and seeing and then receiving the miracles that could potentially occur in our life. I like how you put the analogy of you know the body and what happens in the body and our 75 trillion cells and how they all operate without us telling it each one what to do, you know, mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. And truly that is a miracle because when you really think about the human body, it is a phenomenal 
phenomenal piece of work and we oh, take, and, a, and we take it for granted we take for granted that we're breathing we take until you yeah. have a problem with whatever aspect but you know you just really go along life and you take it for granted but yet every day you wake up and every day you go to sleep you've experienced i want to say 75 trillion miracles that you don't even recognize because you're so used to just not being in tune to it exactly we are we are unconscious of so many things, and that's not a bad thing. Again, if we tried to tell our body how to do all those things, we'd mess it up. Yeah. Because we would we would be trying to put our controlling mind on something that's not ours to control. Mm-hmm. But if you then look at your life, if you take the metaphor and expand it to your life, how many things in your world are you trying to control that you're maybe not supposed to be controlling? Right. You know? and, and that's actually a good thing because when you, you know, again, what Leah's saying is when you take a look at that, you know, and if you are feeling overwhelmed or overloaded mm. or whatever, take a look at that and release how many things that you're trying to control that you have no control over or that is just completely out of your control. When you release that, you actually open the window, so to speak, um, mm. to more miracles occurring in your life that are meant to be there for you. But you get so bombarded with all the other stuff that it's like looking through the dirty window, you know. Oh, yeah, what a great <laughs> metaphor. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, one of the things I talk about with people is that, um, you know, there are lots of levels of looking at miracles. There's mm-hmm. just the sort of everyday process of getting present. And and I talk to people about some exercises they can do for that. But then if you go up to um, to the next level of really wanting to live within this um, way of seeing the world, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that you have to let go of. And those are things like shame. Right. Because if we are living in shame of, of about who we are, what we do, that thing we did when we were 11 years old that we're not so proud of, then that's taking up valuable brain space right. and creating that dirty window. And if we're always looking over our shoulder, wondering when somebody's going to punish us for something that we did in our past, that doesn't leave room for us to be present in the beautiful things that are going on around us today. Now, that can scare some people to hear, oh, my gosh, I have to let go of all this stuff. And I'm not saying you have to do it all today. I mean, this is a lifelong process. I have all sorts of stuff that I'm – and I chronicle a lot of this on the journal as I do it that I'm, I'm constantly working through my past and, and digging through my old, <laughs> my old tape recordings. Yeah. Um, and as I release things, I get a little cleaner and a little clearer. It is a, an ongoing process, but it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be hard. And I think we have this sort of cultural impression that it does have to be scary and hard. And it's really not. I, I, again, an, another very good point to make, you know, is it, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't be ha- have to be hard, but we just have to do it. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, again, the dirty window. And I don't know where that came from, but it's sure right. <laughs> the dirty window analogy is like you're looking through the window and you know how we clean our windows. I can't even, I don't even want to go there with the last time I had my windows clean, but <laughs> that's the 
up a whole nother topic and we just have time to talk about that today. But, you know, you look through the window, you had it clean or you just you moved in. Say, I'm going to say you moved into a new house. Everything's all clean and fresh. You're looking through the window. Everything is beautiful. But over time, you know, dust and dirt and stuff builds up on the window, but you don't even recognize it because you still can see, you can still mm-hmm. look through the window. You don't even recognize that it's, you know, you're not seeing as clear as you once were. And then fast forward, say, five years, you haven't cleaned the windows. Well, there's a lot of stuff on that window. And even though you can still see through it, yeah. you know, you're not still not. It's it's more diminished than when, you know, the, the window was new five years ago. And so when you go out there and you, you clean the windows and you're like, oh, my gosh, everything looks so vibrant and so bright. And, you know, this, that and the other, it's because you've allowed some of that slough to come off mm-hmm. and whole new full perspective and with that let's see now um you know you've got this whole new full perspective because you're able to see now through the clear window you've let go some of the the garbage or the toxins or the junk that you've been carrying along with you but how does one how does how does paying attention to these small miracles that occur in our life change our life Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think it actually goes very much with what you were just saying. I, I love this picture of the dirty window. I'm totally going to take it and use it. Um, <laughs> that part of what happened for me, like I mentioned um, a little bit ago, I have a history of depression. It, it's a, hist- a family history that I <laughs> thank you to whoever was giving those things out when I was born. I happened to pick that one up on my way in. Um, and so, you know, I, I know a lot about that darkness and I've done a lot of things through my life to try to find my way to the other side of the darkness. And, and, you know, that includes the things that we all do, therapy and, um, you know, working. So, well, maybe not we all do, but working with food at some point, I, um, I finally did go to medication and thank goodness I did, um, I think, let me just back up for a second because this is something I think that really needs to be said even though it's a little bit off topic, that um, I went through a lot of years of being told by different therapists that they thought I should go on medication and my response always was, I don't want to do that because I don't want to be drugged out. Right. I think, you know, I firmly believe that if I do my spiritual work, then I will be able to get to the other side of the depression. The problem was I was so depressed I couldn't do my spiritual work. And it was not until I got onto the medication that I was able to begin doing my spiritual work and my spiritual healing. I think that's so important for people who are sort of on this path to hear because of because it's a common conception that's out there. So anyway, let me get back to the topic, which is that when I started on January 1st, 2011, mm-hmm. I had already done a lot of healing, but I was still struggling with depression. And I started this, and what it effectively did was get me to go out and clean the window each day. Oh. <laughs> it was like every day I was looking for what was right. I actually got to the point where every day now I am looking at my experiences and saying, are you my miracle? You know, I go and I pump my gas and I think, is is this my miracle? Mm -hmm. I go into a grocery store and I have a conversation with a neighbor who I bump into and think, oh, is this my miracle? 
you know, I read something. I think, is this my miracle? It's a completely different way of going through my life. And so that is, I think, the process of cleaning my window every day. And there are days when I don't feel like it. I mean, right. you know? Right, right. But, I mean, that's natural. Yeah, absolutely. And there are days when I am cranky as all get out. But most of the time, it's a really good exercise for me. So basically, it's just um, really paying attention or, or tuning, fine-tuning yourself to that frequency that allows you, of course, to have the clean window so that you can see, but being open to to seeing uh, the little miracles that occur in your life and being mindful of it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, being mindful is huge. And um, I think I mentioned earlier that there are some exercises that I that I recommend, and and they're very, very simple. Something like setting an alarm on your phone to go off a couple of times a day mm-hmm. to just remind you, is there something that has happened today that has made me smile? Is there something that has made me happy? Um, you know, did I get a an extra big hug from my kid on the way out to the door this morning? Or, right. Whatever it is, um, you know, did the barista give me an extra shot of whatever I like in my coffee this morning? It doesn't have to be a big thing. Right. It can be very small. Um, something that I've done for years is um, carry pocket tokens in my jeans pockets. And um, you can get these at, at any sort of um, new agey store, any sort of tchotchke shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and... There are all sorts of different kinds. Some have angels, some have Buddhas, whatever. Um, Stick one in your pocket. And so whenever you put your hands in your pocket, it will remind you to think about the last thing, the last good thing that has happened, the last time you laughed. It's really enough to take that moment and think about the last time you laughed. It doesn't have to be 10 minutes. It can be 10 seconds. Right. That is enough to break you out of whatever stressful thought or stressful pattern you're in in the moment, take those 10 seconds. And then after those 10 seconds, if you go right back into that stressful thought, it's okay. You haven't failed. Right. (laughs) You know, you haven't lost those 10 seconds. They were the perfect 10 seconds. And then maybe tomorrow you'll be able to hold it for 12 seconds. And then maybe the day after, you'll be able to hold it for 15 seconds. It's like building a muscle. Right. You don't pick up the 100-pound weight to begin with and expect that you're going to be able to do arm curls right, right. away with the 100-pound weight. It's the same thing when people say, oh, I heard something brilliant, and now I'm going to remember this forever, and my life is transformed, and I'm always going to think this way. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, that's a, again, another good point. And you gave them a couple of tools that they can utilize to help, you know, be conscious or mindful of what's going on in the present moment with regards to miracles. I like that. And I know it's something that people can grasp upon. And again, you know, starting off slowly, you know, mm-hmm. you, you start off, sometimes we forget, you know, like if people start diets or you know, anything where you're trying to do a change in the beginning, it's not a habit. It's unfamiliar to you. So you have to kind of keep reminding yourself and you're not able to hold it for very long. But the mm-hmm. more you do it, 
the longer you're able to hold it. The perfect analogy with the weights, because I, I do weight training. And, <laughs> you know, when I first started off, yeah, you know, of course I wanted to do, you know, at maximum, right? Because I'm just mm-hmm. really eagle driven and based and all that but you know you start off slow and over time you gradually you get more strength you get more endurance and that con that you know transfers over to recognizing and and looking for and recognize the miracles that occur in our life now how can other people you know you, you know i know we talked about and then i i know we talked about a little bit about recognizing things that occur in our life, basically cleaning the window, so to speak, mm-hmm. so that we can open open up our eyes to see and recognize. But um, is it possible for other people to recognize the miracles that might be occurring in our life that we can't see? You know, it's like having something on the tip of your nose. You can't see it, but other people can. And so we <laughs> It, we're blind to it, so I'm I'm twisting this question around a little bit to make it a little bit more insightful as to is it possible or how how is it I mean can other people recognize the miracles in our life that we can't see? Oh, that's an interesting question, and I think absolutely um, there's it's very often easier to see things for other people than it is for ourselves. I think that's just a condition of being human. And um, so, you know, if you have somebody who you really trust, um, maybe you have a miracle partnership with them and you talk on the phone once a week and you help each other to identify those good things that have happened, Um, whether it's because you see each other all the time and so you know on behalf of the other person what what it is they're not seeing, or if you just talk about what's going on and you bring your own unbiased perspective to your friend's um, experience and they to yours. I mean, actually, that's a really neat idea to be able to look um, for other people, not because we can't do it ourselves, right. but because it's always nice to work in community and um because it helps us to build our muscles, to be able to start seeing. You know, I think it was um, maybe Einstein who said you can't say, solve a problem with the same brain that created it. Right. So if we keep thinking in the same way that we've been thinking, then we're not going to see the miracles. It, it does require a small but profound um, small switch of of what we're looking at and how we're looking at it. So to do that with a friend is a wonderful idea. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, sometimes when you have a, I want to say an accountability, a partner or something, mm-hmm. it just, you actually become more mindful of what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, absolutely. I have, I have any number of accountability partners yeah. in, in my life. And, um, in fact, I, I'm working with a group right now. I've, I've written about this on the journal a few times. I'm working with a group of three other women. We're doing a weight release um, exercise together. Uh-huh. And, um, and even though I, at some point in the last couple of weeks, recognized that what I need to do is focus on how my body feels rather than how much it weighs. Right. So I'm not paying as much attention right now to 
the scale, but also to like portion control and all of that. I'm just paying attention to the types of foods that I'm eating. So I'm feeding my body healthy food. And having that partnership where we email each other every day about our, our wins and losses and, you know, the struggles we're having and the victories and all of that helps keep me mindful in every meal about what I'm eating. I'm a huge fan of accountability partners. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that's just another tool that people can utilize to help them see the miracles that, you know, that are occurring in our life. Just the fact, and we take it for granted, just the fact that we wake up every morning, we're able to breathe. That's a miracle. Remember, there's 75 trillion miracles that are happening <laughs> spontaneously that we're not even aware of um, in, in our lives. So I, I think that um, that's a that's a good one. Now, tell me, why are miracles so easily overlooked. Mm, we are all so bloody busy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know about your life, but in my life, I wake up in the morning, I make sure that I get a quick breakfast, I pack my lunch real quick, I jump on the computer to check my emails and, and you know, get all the stuff done that I have to get done, and then I run to work. And then I'm running at work for eight hours, and then I run home, you know, like, right. and I don't even have kids and a, and a spouse. <laughs> I'm right. just dealing with my own life. I don't know how people who do it who have four kids to handle. So we are all so busy that, it, that we don't take the time to just slow down for 10 seconds and pay attention. I mean, I remember any number of times I've I've talked to people about, you know, can you find 20 minutes in your day? And they very honestly say no. <laughs> okay, wow. can you find 10 minutes in your day? And even that is difficult because, and again, I think it's, um, you know, it's a state of mind. It, right. it is a mind shift. And yes, those 20 minutes do exist, but but from where we're sitting, it can be really hard to find them. Right. And so if you don't even have time to take a breath, then it's going to be really hard to find the miracles. Now, here's the thing. You do have time to stop and take a breath. Right. You you have time to put your hand in your pocket and feel your pocket token and say, what is the best thing that has happened to me in the last hour? Right. You do have time to take that breath, but you have to be willing to do it. Uh, again, a, a point, a very good point that should be very well taken is, again, being mindful, you know, and bringing that present state of mind um, we're never too busy. It's so funny that people equate how busy they are. And when they really, when you sit them down and you go over their schedule and, you know, you really open, I'm going to say the page to the book for them for the, so that they can see, they realize that they're spending a lot of time doing stuff. And if, for instance, social media is a huge time waster. It, yeah. I, I, and I don't want to say it in a negative way because it has benefits, but people get on there and they spend so much time on there. They get so encaptured and, in, you know, just so in, in, in it that they end up spending way more time on social media than they ever anticipated. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm guilty of that too. When you point that out to people, then they can see, well, gosh, yeah, maybe I, 
you know, if I just don't do this and I don't do this or I limit this or whatever the case, wow, that opens up a whole hour for me. Now mm-hmm. I have an hour that I can put a bunch of other stuff that, you know, so it's <laughs> right. like, you know, hey, that was a miracle in itself to open up the hour so that you can see that you can spend, you have now have this additional hour of time we found that you can utilize and you can spend five minutes of that time appreciating the miracles that are happening in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a, it's really important to say that um, people here being present, you know, we need to be present in every day and we need to be more mindful. And I think that there is this, and I, I know that this is where my mind went um, until just a couple of years ago, that that meant I had to sit in meditation for an hour a day. <laughs> you know, like oh. I had to, I had to become a monk right. in order to be good enough to, to do any of that. And that's why I'm saying that's not, it's not true. If you have an hour a day to meditate, good for you. (laughs) That's fantastic. But if you're living the sort of Western culture life that many of us are living and you don't have that hour a day, it's okay. You can still be calm. You can still find your presence. You can still find the miracles. You can make it, you know, Instead of saying, I'm going to spend an hour meditating, say, I'm going to spend a minute each hour breathing. Right. You know, it's a very different way of looking at it, but but this whole monkhood thing that we've all got going on is not helping us. Right. And, and, and truly, you guys, you don't have to, you know, become a monk to uh, spend time with yourself and to recognize the goodness that's occurring in your life um, or the miracles that may be happening. Now, are are miracles always, are they always happy? Hmm. It's a great question. And no, (laughs) I can tell you from my own experience that if you read the Miracle Journal, um, you'll see that there are plenty of days when what I'm writing about is hard stuff. It's, you know, digging through the old things that have been triggered on that day for whatever reason, you know, the the abandonment and pain that I felt in my relationship with my father. That's a big one that comes <laughs> with right. some frequency. And so are those fun, light, joyful things? No, that's really going under the surface and really looking at what happened And what did I learn from it? And very often what I learned from it is that I'm okay, that I'm strong. You know, when I look at the fact that my dad couldn't love me the way that I know he would have wanted to love me, what I realize is he was doing the best he could, but also that I, I grew up, you know. I became an adult who is pretty functional most days. Right, right, right. (laughs) And that I learned so much from that experience that I now take into my everyday life. It doesn't make the fact that any of it happened okay, and it doesn't... Um, it doesn't make me think, gosh, I really wish everybody had that experience. You know, every kid should go through what I go through. Not at all. Um, But... Those are really powerful, transformative days for me when I have some big insight into what I learned from my experiences. And so are those happy miracles? No. 
are they positive? Absolutely. They are abs- I feel like they're absolutely critical to my growth and healing. And um, I think that they're potentially the most important ones for me. So let me ask you with regards to that, what would you say or what advice would you give to someone who actually is starting to take the time to look at the miracles that are occurring in their life and realizing that not all the miracles are happy, you know, loving, beautiful, phenomenal, (laughs) fabulous miracles that, you know, actually there's some sadness or despair, anger or different kind of um uh, heavy emotions that come up. What would you say to that person with regards to how to handle that? Mm, yeah. Well, first of all, I would say don't try to do it alone. Um, that part of what makes it possible for me to do this work is a that I have a really strong support system of friends and family who love me um, and who who are very vocal about that. And two. I have the support system that has grown up around the Miracle Journal. So, you know, I write these things and I get messages back every day from people. Um, So whether it means that you have a trusted friend or that you um, hire a coach or a therapist or you go to your clergy person, whatever it is that works for you, don't, when those hard things come, come up, you don't have to do it alone. Um, and the other thing is that when those hard things come up, I, I know that I have found the miracle when I get to a place of greater self-acceptance and self-love. So if I'm looking at, um, you know, let's say something has come up about my dad and my I get to the place in my thinking where I think, well, I guess it's a miracle because at least it wasn't worse. At least, you know, there are millions of people in the world who have it worse than I did. While that's true, to me, that's not the core miracle because that hasn't gotten me to a greater level of self-acceptance yet. I want to keep digging until I find the place that says, oh my gosh, the fact that my father withdrew all of his financial support from me when I was in college and basically told me that I was going to have to support myself, you know, I was going to have to pay for my own education. Mm -hmm. The fact that he did that in such an angry, vicious way, I took for so long as an indictment of me as a person saying that I was a bad person and that he wasn't going to support me Mm -hmm. and that, um, that, I was not worth his attention and his support. When I got to the moment where I realized, oh, my God, I survived. Not only did I survive, but I had enough support. I had made connections and I had made relationships with people in college that allowed me to stay in college that allowed me to support myself in a way that not only did I stay in college, but I graduated with whatever, you know, like a 3.8 GPA. Mm -hmm. I rocked it. And I would not have known without my father withdrawing his support in that vicious way, I would not have known that I was that strong 
that's a miracle because that is about self-acceptance and self-love. That's 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 nice. That's I'm I'm, I'm wow. I'm I'm thinking about this. I'm like, wow. Your father supported you in college because <laughs> you were lucky, girl. Because at 15, <laughs> I was in college on my own supporting wow. myself. So, um, but you know, basically, the the I think the context of what you're saying is is that you you found that you had the wherewithal within yourself and you recognized the miracle. It may have to you may have been seeming it may have seemed like something very traumatizing to have financial support withdrawn from you in college and you're thinking, what am I going to do, where am I going to go? But in essence it was a miracle. It was a blessing because what it showed you or taught you was that you can survive. You don't need to be dependent on daddy's money, so to speak. Right. You can survive and and you will find and you will find the way to survive because of the network and the people people that you have in your life. And mm-hmm. um, without daddy withdrawing, you know, his financial support, you may have never ex- been able to experience that miracle that helped you to grow into the person you are today. Exactly. So it's beautiful. And yet it seems so traumatizing when it happened. But mm-hmm. when you look back, you're like, that's probably one of the most beautiful things that could have happened to me because look at where I am now. I am the chief miracle officer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the other thing is that it took me, well, uh, let's see, that happened when I was 20 and I'm now 38. So that took me 18 years to get to. Um Sometimes it takes time, <laughs> and it's okay for it to take time to find the miracles and to find the positive um, underlying lessons of things. It's okay if something happened last week and you still haven't figured it out. <laughs> it, it is okay because I think um, information or revelations come to us when we're actually really, truly ready to handle them. Sometimes mm-hmm. we think we're not ready to handle them and we act out as if we're not ready to handle them. But, you know, um, God, the divine source, whatever people want to call their, you know, their spiritual connection, um, always, always, and I'm a firm believer of this particular miracle within itself, always, things always come to you when you're actually ready to handle them. It's really up to mm-hmm. you to to make the act to take the action step forward or you know some people withdraw back and then this resurfaces again but it's really up to us to take that action step forward basically really up to us to look out that clean window now and see the life and the miracles that are in front of us and and I yeah. think that's just absolutely beautiful so now um have you always you know okay have you always looked for miracles in your life? I, I mean, I know you probably didn't start out, you weren't born and, you know, as a two month old, start looking for life. but, you know, have, when you got to the point that you realized that miracles happen profoundly on very small level, had you always been open to looking at that way at, out of that window or, or not? And, and, and yeah. I think that my window was really, really dirty. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> um, I think that I always knew that I had the capacity. Um, you know, like I said, I was really committed to my spiritual journey, to my spiritual healing, but I was in such a, a rough place that I couldn't get there. So I knew that I had the capacity, but I felt ongoingly, that's not a word, but I felt um, constantly like a failure because I felt like I wasn't living up to my potential. And so, no, I was not looking for miracles. I spent many, many, many years 
torturing myself and beating up on myself for not being the person who I thought I should be. Um, and so what I want to really say to your listeners is that this is not something like that you have to have a natural capacity for. This is not something that you have to come in and, and be like, oh, you know, I got this. I, I already know how to do this. It's really okay if you hear it and you think that sounds a little exciting, but it sounds a little scary too. That's okay. You can still do it. You can still, you know, just take those first tiny steps and see where it leads you. Wow. Okay. So um, it's, again, just being open and aware and wanting to look out the beautiful, clean window, so to speak. And now I know you're, you're, are you, you seem like you're a naturally optimistic person. (laughs) Is that true? No. (laughs) I mean, once again, I would love to be. I think that people who are are just, you know, sunny all the time are delightful and I love to be with them. I'm not that person. I have really hard days. Even in the midst of all of this miracle stuff, I have days that are crappy and that's life. And um, I have days when I get really irritated with my coworkers or with the guy at the gas station or whatever. Um, I, I'm just like everybody else in that way. The thing is that I'm willing to sit down at night and look back through my day and say, is there a positive lens that I can see this through? But that is a practice. You know, it's a choice and a commitment that I've made. It's not necessarily because I'm inherently optimistic. So what (laughs) advice would you give to those pessimistic people out there um, that, you know, think, oh, this stuff is is for someone else or they're, you know, just not, it's not connecting. There's no bells and whistles going off in their head right now because they're, you know, pessimistic. So they're always looking at the other side of, they're they're looking they're looking um, from the outside in of this dirty window, so to speak. Whereas, you know, we're looking from the out inside out. They're looking from the outside in because now they really see the dirt that we <laughs> see, right? So what would yeah. you say to those people? That's a good question. First, I would say if it's not ringing any bells and whistles for you, that's okay. It's not your thing. That's okay. It doesn't have to be. I'm not one of those people who says, I have found the answer and you will all experience the same wonderful thing from this answer. I'm not that person at all. Um, I say, find what works for you. And if it doesn't work for you, then try something else. Um, however, so that's if if it doesn't ring any bells or whistles and you're like, yeah, you know what? I, I have no interest. That's fine. If you are hearing this and feeling like I have some interest, but I don't think I can do it or I'm afraid I might fail or I'm just naturally pessimistic and I don't think this will work for me but there's still some little bit of excitement within you, mm-hmm. then just try. I mean, what do you have to lose by setting a, an alarm on your phone a couple of days, a couple of times a day and saying, what was the last good thing that happened to me? What do you have to lose? If you try it and you don't like it, okay, don't do it. But if you try it and you like it, 
then you've gained something new. Mm. Okay, pessimistic people out there that thought, oh, I've been listening to this and they're talking all this foo-foo stuff and going to those that look, you know, look at the cup half full or those that see the uh, partly cloudy day is partly sunny, you know, um, that information was for you because we're here to tell you that no matter what side of the window you're on, you can still experience the miracles. And you can still be open to receiving them and you can still take the blinders off or I should say the dirt off the window, whether you're on the outside or the inside, you can still do it. We're just showing you both sides of the coin or rather both sides of the window. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, for some people, one of the miracles is going to be going to get their Windex and their roll of paper towels and cleaning the whole window and seeing it bright and sparkly and being like, oh, my God, I didn't know that there were trees out there. Exactly. But for some people, it could be that they don't have any Windex. And they don't have any paper towels, but they have a couple of Kleenex left and a little bit of toilet paper and a little bit of water left over from when they took their vitamins this morning. And they're going to clean a little inch down in the lower left corner. There you go. That can be enough. Even if you don't have a little water, you have a little spit. Exactly. You know, you you can get the moisture from somewhere in this fabulous, miraculous body of yours. Exactly. And they have to start with that little tiny, you know, even if you have to use your shirt, the corner of your shirt, <laughs> right. right? But even right. if you the corner of your shirt and some spit, do a little spit shine on that little corner where you can see, you know, just know that it will expand because now you're looking yeah. for it. And yeah. the more you look for it, the more it expands. And the same thing is true with trouble. When you look for trouble, you find <laughs> right? So right. And look for miracles and look for goodness, and you—that's what you will find. But it's so hard. So you just gotta keep doing the things that um Leah says, like setting your, you know, setting your phone and things of that nature. When you um, there's another thing that I like to tell people is like when you're outside and you hear the birds chirping or singing, oh, you know. Yeah. A beautiful way, you know, you're out in nature. How often do we hear that and we really don't pay attention to it? We take it for granted. That's a miracle within itself to be able to actually hear the birds having their conversation. And who knows, they may be talking about you as you're walking. what Leah is saying, but the whole thing is to open up your mind, open up your, your conscious awareness, so to speak, and allow those beautiful small miracles to just become a part of your essence. And what I want to, what I want to, oh gosh, our time. I, I, I love doing this, but I get so deep into it. And then before you know, the time is almost up. <laughs> That's a good sign. <laughs> having a good time. You know, there's a lot we hear about in popular culture or our society today about the law of attraction. And yeah. this, is, you know, really came forefront when um, the book and the movie, I don't know if I would call it a movie, but, you know, the secret came out. And information has been in existence for thousands of years. I mean, I'm right, I'm reading books that they were talking about the law of attraction back in, ni- in the early 1900s. You know, it, it's not anything different, okay? It's just the way it's being disseminated to us in a different context. We live in a different state, different mindset. What would you say is... um it is is it similar is uh, okay so is finding miracles the same thing as 
the law of attraction. Are there similarities with that? Mm-hmm. Um, good question. So, first of all, I would say that it is similar in that when you start looking for miracles, you start seeing more miracles. So what you're paying attention to, you draw more of to you. It's dissimilar. It is, in fact, I think, at a higher level than because there are many, many spiritual laws. The law of attraction is just one of them, and it happens to be the one that's getting a lot of popular attention. I think that there is another law at a higher order, which you might call the law of grace, which governs the fact that our bodies work without us having to think about them. Now, or that, you know, um, the seasons cycle and the trees drop their leaves and their acorns and their pine needles and they go to sleep for the winter. And then in the spring, some of those things germinate and we get new trees and the, the older trees bring their leaves back out. All of those things happen whether we're paying attention to them or not. So you can't call that the law of attraction, but they are happening and it is our, you know, part of our journey in life to start paying more attention and to start cleaning the window, taking off our blinders and seeing those things for the miracles that they are. We don't have to earn them. They can never be taken away from us. The trees will keep doing what they're doing from now until eternity, whether we get dinner cooked or not, (laughs) you know, whether we get the kids to school in clean clothes or whether they still have on yesterday's muddy pants. It's got nothing to do with how well we act or at what level we are vibrating. It has to do with the fact that there's a natural cycle of life and a natural cycle of everything that's going on around us. Think again of the 75 trillion cells in our bodies. They are active in every moment of every day, whether we're aware of it or not. And there's nothing that we can do to take that grace away. There's nothing that we have to do in order to to tell God or to show God that we are good enough to take our next breath. That is grace. And that is the level that miracles operate at. Wow. Wow. Okay, you guys. And with that, we're going to to say thank you very much, Leah Carrie, the Chief Miracle Officer of the Miracle (laughs) Journal, for sharing... um, her her miracle essence with us. I want to let the audience know how they can get more of you if they, you know, so choose to do so. So can you tell us that? Great. Absolutely. You can find me online at themiraclejournal.com, just the way it sounds. That's the blog. I usually post there three or four times a week, um, and they are always... Um, posts about the miracles that I'm finding in my life. I also welcome readers to send in their own miracles, and there's a place on the website to do that. So please come share your miracles. Um, you'll also find links to social media there, to Facebook and Twitter and all that. And I also encourage you to please sign up for my newsletter. I send out a weekly newsletter 
um, that's all about, you know, life lessons and, and um, some of the stuff that we've talked about here today and how to find more miracles. So please come join me. I would love to have you, um, to have you there. Come be another miracle watcher in our miracle community. And oh my goodness, thank you so much, Leah. Um, you guys, the her her website address will be posted on the the radio site here. So no worries if you weren't able to get it down. Um, and again, you can listen to her over and over again if you like, um, because I know sometimes you know our analogy with the window being dirty. Um, I know that's just touching so many of you that can I know can relate to that, but. Um, you know, rest assured, her information will be on the website for you. So don't worry if you weren't able to get it all down. And Leah, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Um, we learned a lot about miracles and just being open to looking for her and receiving the small miracles that occur in our life. And I think a big thing that people can, if they didn't take anything else away from today's show, they can take away the fact that 75 trillion miracles <laughs> happen every day in their life, whether they believe it or not. It's their body in the processes of the body, which is a miracle within itself. Yeah. So, again, thank you for being a guest on the show. Oh, thank you, Rochelle, so much. I've really enjoyed it, and it's wonderful to talk to the Queen of Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful to talk to the Chief, Chief Officer of Miracles. That's just, I love that. And listen, audience, again, thank you for listening to Blissful Living. I enjoyed sharing Leah with you today in the topic of discussion. And I hope you learn more about um, just the context of miracles and what's occurring and what does occur in your life every day. Um, you can always visit my website at RochelleLawson.com. And, again, as always, you guys know that I love bringing um, guest to you. So be sure to tune in next week to hear another wonderful hour of Blissful Living. And with that, I'm going to wish peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. And please don't forget to be open to looking out that window and seeing the wonderful miracles that are occurring in your life today. Have a fabulous rest of the day, you guys. And again, thank you for listening. I am Rochelle Lawson, your host for Blissful Living. And as always, I look forward to having a wonderful time with you next week. Take good care, everyone. And I'm going to say bye for now. You can find out more about Rochelle on her website, Rochelle Lawson, R-O-C-H-E-L-E Lawson, L-A-W-S-O-N, or at healthhealingwellness.com. Or just click on her websites from the webtalkradio.net page right in front of you. And of course, you'll want to come right back here next week for another episode of Blissful Living. Thanks for joining us.